0: This morning I've just got a brief word on my heart and I just want to um, really round off the thoughts that we've been in over the last um, few weeks really. Next Sunday, as Nimi said, is Vision Sunday and so we're going to be hearing God's vision for us as a church member. We're one church in many different uh, locations and so next week we're going to be setting sail for all that God has for us in the year ahead. But today I want to speak the final part of this series of messages that we've been in on Breakthrough. And we're journeying through, of course, as has been said, these 31 days of Breakthrough prayer. And I'm loving the testimonies, what Taffy shared, but there's so many people who are contacting me and saying, oh, I've got a breakthrough in this, I've got a breakthrough in that, from the huge things to what some might consider small things. God is breaking through in situations and again let me just underline when we get to the 31st of January it's not all over okay we're putting a spotlight and a focus but all this year we're going to see God do um, some incredible things we truly believe that so very quick recap on all that I've been sharing although all these messages are available online via the Family Church app we stepped into this year if you remember those of you who were around on the 2nd of January talking about having great expectations because if we're going to pray for breakthrough, then we've got to kind of expect what it is that we're praying for. And we said that we've got to have great expectations, not just over this month, but over this entire year of what God is going to do. And when we have great expectations, it will be shown up in the words that we say, and it will be shown up in the prayers uh, that we are a part of and the prayers that we pray. So we focused in on great expectations. Then we spent one week actually looking at what this thought of breakthrough actually means taking it from this catchy Christian slogan, slogan to actually being a reality in our lives. And we learned that breakthrough is moving beyond an obstacle. Breakthrough, remember we had the guys up here and I broke through them. The, breakthrough is really like a military advance where you break through the enemy line to take hold of what is rightfully yours. And we began to talk about the fact that we become desperate for a breakthrough when what we need is the other side of an obstacle. When what we want to possess is the other side of enemy lines. And for each of us today, that could talk about all manner of different things. For some, you're believing for breakthrough over relationships. For some, it's to do with a career Or a job. For some of you, it's to do with your finances. For some, it's to do over your children or teenagers. For some, it's to do with a house purchase or a house move. It's spiritual breakthrough. There's all manner of things that we can be believing for breakthrough for. And we've spoken about the fact that sometimes breakthrough has to happen within you before it happens around you, right? We've all had experience of this that sometimes God has to do a work in you before you begin to see a breakout of breakthrough around our lives. Last week we talked about breakthrough prayer. We talked about the fact that our prayers are powerful when we use God's word, when we use faith and when we use a whole lot of stuff called patience and how when we combine all those things we see often breakthrough happening in our lives and we really honed in on this fact that often there is a whole lot taking place spiritually that you don't see in the natural. You know, as we've been saying, when you pray and you're seeing nothing happen, when you pray and you say, I I thought this prayer worked, that that lady Taffy came up here and all her friends got breakthrough, why not me? Why is it when I pray nothing seems to happen? I've been praying for years now and nothing seems to happen. We need to realise that there is a spiritual battle taking place that is more real than the natural. And our role isn't necessary to understand all of that stuff, but to understand that prayer makes a difference in that battle. Amen? Now, as we move into today's thoughts, turn your Bibles, if you've got them, to 2 Chronicles 20. And the AV team can just hold off for a, a second. We'll put these up in a minute. 2 Chronicles 20. And if you've got your phone or an old-fashioned Bible, which I like, um, just have it open today because we're going to be in this for a while for our thoughts this morning. And let me just set the context of this. We've been talking about the fact that God is a God of a breakthrough. He is the one who will lead us into victory remember we've mentioned a number of times that we're not trying to win a victory Jesus has already done that for us on the cross our role is to enforce the victory that he's already won for us yet as we touched on last week when you're not seeing anything happen when you're praying desperately and you're not seeing any change that can lead us to a place of frustration That can lead us to a place of annoyance sometimes. That can lead us to a place of feeling tired and overwhelmed. And in 2 Chronicles 20, we're going to read of a man who knows and understands what it's like to feel overwhelmed. Who knows what it's like to desperately need a breakthrough. His name is King Jehoshaphat. Everybody say Jehoshaphat. Just to check you've got your teeth in. Somebody's like, oh, I forgot to put them in this one. Jehoshaphat. That's not a name that you hear very often. There's no Jehoshaphats in my children's classes, but who knows? Maybe it will make a comeback one day. Jehoshaphat. And he was the king of uh, Judah. And you say, Judah, what was that? This is a time in history where the nation of Israel has been divided into two different kingdoms. Ten tribes of of Israel have formed the kingdom of Israel in the north. And the two tribes of Judah and Benjamin have formed the kingdom of Judah in the south. And when he was 35 years old, King Jehoshaphat becomes king of this area called Judah. And in what we're about to read in 2 Chronicles 20, we find Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah about to be attacked and I want to journey through these thoughts this morning we're going to read a bit and talk a bit and read a bit and talk a bit and I believe that God wants to underline all that we've been saying about how we overcome how we see breakthrough and victory instead of just being overwhelmed by the situations around us so 2 Chronicles 20 we're going to begin at verse 1 and it says this after this and that's speaking about what's talked in chapter 19 which is Jehoshaphat appoints a whole load of judges so after all that's happened the armies of the Moabites, Ammonites, and some of the Mionites declared war on Jehoshaphat. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, A vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They are already at Hazaz and Tamar. This was another name for Engedi. So one day, here is Jehoshaphat living his best life, and seemingly out of nowhere, in come the messengers. In comes these intelligence sources and they say we're about to be attacked. There's an enemy coalition that is formed together just south of Jerusalem and they're going to come and attack us and we have to understand that Jehoshaphat's life and his entire kingdom could be about to be wiped out. Okay this is kind of top level bad news arriving on your doorstep. This isn't like he's just left the toast in the toaster a little while longer and it's burnt now he's not a guy who's gone on without instructions built ikea furniture realized he's got to the end and he's done it completely wrong way around has to get the allen key undo it all and do it all over again that's not the kind of level we're talking this is top level stuff where his life is on the line but not just his life the life of everybody that he oversees all the things that he has responsibility for all the things that god has entrusted to him is on the line in this moment He's facing challenges from multiple different directions. Now, I'm not a betting man, but if I was, I would say chances are you haven't woken up this morning, opened your curtains, and there's three different armies. You know, the army of of Lee Park and the army of North End are, are, are coming towards you to attack you and your family. Chances unless you've done something really bad, chances are that hasn't happened this morning. Yet, the reality is you may have woken up this morning facing many different challenges. You have may have woken up this morning feeling desperate for a breakthrough, knowing what it's like to have this going on in your life and this going on in your life and this going on in your life. Many of you know what it's like to be needing a breakthrough right now, a breakthrough in, in your finances, in, in physical conditions, over confusion, fear, stress, over family. So you fill in the blank. We know what it's like to face breakthrough. And some of you right now it feels as though it's all too much it feels somewhat overwhelming in what you are journeying through and so here's Jehoshaphat he's presented with this news and verse 3 shows us his initial emotions to this situation verse 3 Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news now aren't you glad that when you read the bible not everybody in the bible is like and he heard the news and he was like it's okay it's all going to be okay he was terrified Other translations say he was badly shaken, he was afraid, he was alarmed, he was fearful. In other words, he's overwhelmed and not in a good way, not in like an emotional way or really happy. He's overwhelmed in a really terrible way. I wonder, what do you do when you feel terrified? What do you do when you feel overwhelmed? What do you do when you're anxious about a situation? What do you do when... You're desperate for a breakthrough. Where do you go? Who do you turn to? Because verse 3 says, Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and he begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. So the first thing he did was to go to God for guidance. And he says to the people of Judah, we're going to fast, not just from a place of self-denial, we're going to fast with the purpose of finding out what God has on his agenda for this moment, seeking God for answers. So here is Jehoshaphat, he's alarmed, he's afraid, he's overwhelmed, he needs a breakthrough, whatever terminology you want to use. What do you do when you're in that situation? Where do you go? Because Jehoshaphat, he turned God the first thing he does instantly upon hearing this news isn't to get in his army generals that would have been what a common sense answer would be okay there's people attacking us okay everybody gather together we're going to talk about how we overcome the situation that doesn't seem bad but he knew it wasn't the right option in this moment the first thing he does isn't to throw a pity party now many wouldn't have blamed him for having a good old moan in this situation. You know, he wakes up and oh, there's free armies coming against me, and this is happening. And sometimes your instant reaction to bad news is just to moan, to have a pity party. But he knew that that wasn't going to help him in this situation or bring him solutions or breakthrough. His instant reaction isn't to run away or to hide or to deny what's going on because he knew that would be costly. He knew he had to face up to this moment and to this situation. But his instant reaction is to go to God. You see, this principle is played out many times in the Bible, that the Bible teaches us that the best place you can be when you're feeling overwhelmed and needing a breakthrough is the presence of Almighty God. The greatest thing that you can do is to hit your knees in prayer. Listen to this, Psalm 34, verse 4. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Psalm 61, verse 2. From the ends of the earth, I cry to you for help when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the towering rock of safety. Philippians 4, 6-7, Paul writes, Do not be anxious or worried about anything. But in everything, every circumstance, every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific requests known to God and the peace of God. That peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which which stands guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus will be yours. Jehoshaphat knew that. And so he begins to pray for breakthrough. Just as we're doing in this month of January, he begins to pray for breakthrough. Verse 5, 2 Chronicles 20, verse 5. It says, Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Jerusalem and Judah in front of a new courtyard of the temple of the Lord. He prayed, O Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are the God of the heavens. You are the ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty and no one can stand against you. Oh, our God, did you not drive out those who live in this land when your people Israel arrived? Did you not give us land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. They said, whenever we, faced, we are faced with any calamity, such as war or plague or famine, we can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us and you will always hear us and rescue us. So Jehoshaphat prays, he pauses in the midst of all that's going on and he goes to God and he begins to remember who his God is. Now you see a lot of this type of praying, especially in the Old Testament, you see a lot of this type of praying in the Bible, that people would go before God and they'll begin to remind him of what he's done. God, you're the God who parted the oceans. God, you're the one who brought us out of Egypt. God, you're the God who did this. Lord, you're the one who did that. And they remind him of what he's done. Now let's be honest, there's something bigger going on than just Jehoshaphat reminding God of what he's done because God isn't bad with his memory. Okay, let's understand that in those moments they're not going before God and saying, God, you did this, and he's like, oh yeah, I remember that it was a first day, wasn't it, when you came out of Egypt and I released. You. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah. Oh, when I parted, God hadn't got short-term memory loss. Okay, He knows what He has done. What they're doing in this moment is reminding themselves of what He has done because it stirs faith within them. When we remind ourselves of what God has done before, I was speaking to somebody this week, and they said, oh, "I've got this situation, and this is what I'm going for." I said, "Okay, what happened the last time?" They said, "Well, God, did the, what do we think He's going to do it again?" Because when we remind ourselves of what God has done, it stirs faith within us of who he is and what he will do again. As we pray for breakthrough, I want to encourage you to remind yourself, my God is in control. He is faithful. He's done this for me before. He's going to do it for me again. And yes, I've got this coming against me. And yes, I need to see breakthrough in that situation. Yes, I'm facing this giant. Your giant may be cancer. Your giant may, may be redundancy. Your giant may be relational stuff. There might be a giant that stands before me. But God, you are my provider. And God, you are my refuge. And you are my strength. And you are my redeemer. And you are my rescuer. And the list goes on and on. Remembrance of who God is produces faith for the battle and faith for breakthrough so Jehoshaphat continues verse 10 he says and now you see what the armies of Ammon Moab and Mount Seir are doing you would not let our ancestors invade those nations when Israel left Egypt so they went around them and did not destroy them now see how they reward us for they have come to throw us out of your land which you gave to us as an inheritance so Jehoshaphat tells God about his need he says, God, this is what I'm facing. God, this is what I'm going through. And again, God's not surprised. He knows everything the Bible says he knows before we even asked. But he understood this thought that we need to be honest with God. The Bible says we have not because we ask not. Ask and it will be given to us. He's in this moment where he's being honest before God and not denying the realities of what are taking place. Jehoshaphat is a negro. I don't see any armies, la 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 la, there are no armies, there are no, but that's how sometimes we live in life. We think that to be a person of faith means you deny everything that's going on, that's not what faith does. Remember we said last week about Abraham, he didn't walk around, strut around like a 20 year old, he knew he was 100 years old, he knew that his wife Sarah was barren, he knew that this looked impossible in the natural, but God was able to do what no man can do. So faith doesn't deny the realities. Faith doesn't bury your head in the sand and hope it will all go away. Faith doesn't, I, I don't know, throw unpaid bills in the bin hoping that money troubles will just magically disappear. That's not what faith does. Faith doesn't ignore the issues that are causing marital breakdown. Faith doesn't ignore what is going on. It just knows that those facts don't dictate what is going to happen in the future. And so Jehoshaphat listed all of these problems. He faced up... To what was happening. But you know what he chose to do and what we need to do is we look for breakthrough. He trusted God beyond the facts, beyond the disappointment, beyond the pain. Verse 12, he says this Oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We don't know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. Jehoshaphat is honest. He says, We're we're powerless. I don't know what to do. I wonder how you finish that phrase. Because we all hit moments like that. I I don't know what to do in this age. I'm completely powerless. God, I don't know what to do. God, I don't know what to do. And so I'm just going to turn to this or to that, to drink or, or to some form of escapism to try and to numb the fear and the pain. I don't know what to do, so, so I'm just going to run and hide. I don't know what to do, so, so I'm going to get stressed and lose it with everybody close around me because I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do, so I'm just going to just hide until it's time for a holiday and then I'll go on my holiday and it will make everything better in that moment. God, I don't know what to do. And Jehoshaphat says, "God, I don't know what to do, but I turn to you for help. I am powerless in this situation, but I turn to you for help." Verse thirteen says, "And as was all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives, and children, the spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Jehesio." So, in this moment where the whole community is stood there, here comes the presence of God lands on Jehesio. And it's in the presence of Almighty God that they get their answer. Listen, it's in the presence of God that you'll get your breakthrough. It's in the presence of God that you'll get your answer. We so often just run instantly to other people. We run to friends. And that's not bad. Friends are there to help us. Friends are there to advise us. But there's nowhere greater than the presence of God. Other people run to social media accounts. And tell the world, this is what's going on in my life. This is how this person's upset me. This is how I'm overwhelmed. Putting all these things out there, hoping for some sort of reaction that will only deepen the issues. But if we make the choice to stand before God in prayer, in the midst of our confusion, in the midst of our pain and fear, we will find direction. And so out of a place of prayer comes a direction and comes the encouragement and solution. Verse 15, Jehaziel says, listen all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged by this mighty army for the battle is not yours, the battle is the Lord's. I believe God wants to say over some people here today who are facing situations situation, who are feeling overwhelmed, do not be afraid afraid do not be discouraged because the battle is not yours it's God's making breakthrough happen doesn't come about through your own human effort it is God who brings the breakthrough and he will fight on your behalf the battle is the Lord's amen maybe just maybe you've been wasting a whole lot of time trying to fight a battle that wasn't yours to fight Maybe, just maybe, you've been losing hours and nights of sleep worrying about something that wasn't yours to control. Maybe, just maybe, you've been destroying relationships and losing peace in the midst of this battle because God says, don't be afraid, don't be discouraged, I'll fight this battle for you, your part is to pray. Your part is to believe on me. Your part is to keep standing in the midst of all that's going on. You see what prayer does? Prayer invites God into the situation to fight on your behalf. If you were ever watched wrestling as a kid and there were tag teams and somebody was getting battered and they were on the side and they would stick out their hand and somebody would tap their hand and come in to fight on their behalf. When we pray, that's saying, God, I, I'm powerless in this situation. I don't know what to do. I look to you for help. And God comes into the ring of your life to fight on your behalf. Jehaziel continues, verse 16. Tomorrow, march out against them. And you will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of a valley that opens into the wilderness of Jurel. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid, there it is again, do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. I love that. But God says, you're not even going to need to fight. There's going to be no effort on your behalf. You just go and stand on the battlefield, take your position, stand still and watch the Lord gain victory. Isn't that what Paul said and echoed to the church in Ephesus when he said this, Ephesians 6 verse 13? Therefore stand with a complete armour of God so that you will be able to successfully resist and stand your ground in the evil day of danger, and having done everything that a crisis demands, stand firm in your place, fully prepared, immovable, victorious. Some of us need to stop fighting in our own strength. Some of us need to stop trying to make things happen in our own ability it 's time to give it over to god it 's time to trust him it 's time to stand and watch him bring breakthrough on your behalf of the situations. That you're contending for. Verse 18. It says, Then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshipping the Lord. Then the Levites from the clans of Kohath and Korah stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoah. And on the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me, all ye people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in your God and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets and you will succeed. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. At the very moment that they began... At the very moment... At the very moment that they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to keep fighting amongst themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. After they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived on the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped I love that thought that they're about to go out into battle and Jehoshaphat stops, he says okay um, where, where are the people who do the whole praising thing, put them out the front put them right, put them right out the front they're going to go they're going to be the first ones to go into battle, put them out the front, suddenly everyone's like Oh, I can't remember the chord to that song. No, you're going out the front. I've forgotten my maracas. Get out the front. You stand in the front. And and they go, why? Because any time that you're believing for a breakthrough, any time that you're contending in prayer, praise has to go before you. See, it's not about praising after God has brought the breakthrough. That's all well and good, but it's about praising God before. It's about praising God in the midst of a battle. It's about praising God when you don't understand. It's easy to praise God when everything's going well, but what about when life doesn't make sense? What about when you want to give in? What about when you want to give up? What about when you don't know how you're going to handle the situation and you feel defeated and knocked down and you're desperate for a breakthrough? It's in those moments that when the enemy has knocked you down, you have to get back up to your feet and open your mouth and begin to declare the praises of your God when you are overwhelmed and you need a breakthrough don't look to other people don't head off to Facebook it's not going to give you an answer than some stupid comment anyway Uh, don't go there just share some pictures of cats or something like that but don't go there for your breakthrough it's in the presence of God that you will receive your breakthrough when you open your mouth because do you know what Praise isn't the fast catchy songs we sing at the beginning. It's actually not even a song. Praise is an attitude. Praise is a declaration. Praise is saying, I don't know how this is going to work out, but I know my God is able and I know my God will do this. And I don't know the timing, but I'm standing in faith, knowing that he will bring to pass what he has promised. He watches over his word to perform it. And that's when the enemy thinks he's got you held back. That's when the enemy thinks he's got you on the ropes and defeated. But you begin to wake up each morning and, irrespective of whether you can sing in tune or not, there is power in the name of Jesus. That's why they don't have me on the worship team. But my praise, it may scare you, but I tell you what, it scares the enemy a whole lot more than it scares you. But when I begin to praise God, uh, yeah, when I begin to praise God, the enemy is shaken. Because oh, that's somebody who doesn't go to church, that's somebody who actually believes what they say they believe, irrespective of what's going on. Now again, if we do that when everything's going well, that's all, well, it's easy. But when you wake up and the enemy thinks, they're about to quit, they're about to give up, they're about to think this isn't possible anymore, and you stand up and you begin to praise And again, you don't have to sing. Praise can just be an attitude, just something you say. When you begin to praise, the enemy who thought he had you on the rock suddenly realized, actually, there's more faith in this person than I thought there really was. When we really continue to condemn for what God has spoken, your praise is a weapon. And when Jehoshaphat and these guys were having a praise party instead of having a good old moan, God sends confusion into the enemy camp. To a point where they turn up on the battlefield, and there's a guy with his maracas who sort of suddenly found it, and they turn up, and there's no one to fight. Because all the enemies have been defeated. Every challenge has been destroyed before they even had to do a single thing, because it's not them who were there to fight. God had brought about breakthrough and victory. Listen, you know why breakthrough suddenly happen like that and it feels like oh you know after four years suddenly this has happened after 10 years suddenly this has happened because there were things taking place but your role was just to stand on the battlefield and suddenly every enemy is going to be defeated every situation is going to turn around and you read on and this is a part that I love the people of Judah having not even fought but having won through the breakthrough power of God they're organized into a workforce so what, 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 what's that about? Why are they organized into workforce? To carry away all the treasure that was on the battlefield. And it takes them three days. They didn't do one single minute of fighting, but they did three days of collecting up all the treasure and taking it home. Listen, I want to end with this, but I truly believe that this year is going to be a year of restoration. This year... What the enemy has stolen from you, he has to return sevenfold, an abundance, back into your life. This year, God is going to restore the years or the year that the locust has eaten. Everything that has been taken from you, you are going to see come back in abundance this year. I truly believe that. But you're not going to need to do a single thing other than believe God for it. Verse 26. On the fourth day, they gathered in the valley of blessing which got its name that day because the people praised and thanked the lord there it is still called the valley of blessing today only god could turn a valley of despair a valley of fear a valley of i don't know what to do into a valley of blessing because that's what he does He's a God of breakthrough. He's a God of supernatural breakthrough. And in a time where you receive news or you're facing a situation, you say, I don't know what to do. I, I feel overwhelmed in this moment. Fast forward and here they are walking away with a treasure from a fight that they've not even fought. Because that's what our God does. He takes what the enemy meant for evil and he turns it for good isn't that what we sing isn't that what Joseph declared in Genesis 50 verse 20 you intended to harm me but God intended it all for good and Jehoshaphat's amazing account ends with this in verse 30 so Jehoshaphat's kingdom was at peace for his God had given him rest everybody say rest his God had given him rest on every side every side where the enemy had come to attack he was now in a place of rest do you know I believe this year that God not only wants to bring breakthrough into your life which is going to be great but he also wants you to experience great rest and peace as he does so again it's not about you striving it's not about you making it happen this year you're going to be in a place of such rest such peace without lifting a finger you're just going to begin to see God involved why? because you've taken your hands off the situation Because what I've learned is all the time when I'm like, oh, I'll sort this out and I'll sort this out and I'll do this. God's like, oh, okay. Okay, I'm I'm here when you're ready. And in his grace and in his goodness, obviously, when we go to him and say, okay, God, I I don't know what to do, but I look to you for help instantly. In a place of great rest and peace, God is going to bring you great victory. Just stand to your feet, please, if you would. Just as we finish the service, I believe that God wants to give great rest and great peace. And God wants to begin something in your life today where he brings you glorious victory. Just close your eyes if you feel comfortable doing so, I'm not going to steal your wallet. You're okay. Just close your eyes. I'm up here on the stage. Because I believe that God wants you to be real about what it is that you're facing. Jehoshaphat did not deny. Jehoshaphat did not just whinge. Jehoshaphat faced up to the situation that was there before him. Whatever it is in your life. He faced up to it. He saw it for what it was. I want you to see, if you would be willing to, in your mind what the enemy has stolen from you. That may be for some people speaking of children that the enemy is taking away from that may speak of marriages, that may speak of employment, that may speak of business, that may speak of finance, that may speak of your identity, your your value, your worth. It can speak of so many things that over the last year, the last decade, the last 30 years I don't know God has been stealing from you for some it's your health and your ability to just walk around physically without pain the enemy has been stealing that from you and we declare that this year is going to be a year where you see what the enemy has stolen from you returned with interest with interest Father we stand in your presence like the people of Judah We say, God, in situations, some of them we don't know what to do. But we hear your voice saying, the battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. And so Father, physically but spiritually as well, we choose to stand in this moment. As we step onto the battlefield of life, we choose to stand knowing that you have gone before us. You are the great I am. You are the breaker who goes before us. And Father, we stand in faith over those situations. Lord, for those who are weary, for those who are tired, for those who are aching, for those who are fearful, for those who just have... Come to the end of themselves. Father, I thank you that you will strengthen and encourage them and comfort them as we prayed earlier. But Lord, that they would have the ability to just stand and watch you bring victory. Father, we declare victory over every situation. What the enemy has stolen. Father, you are going to produce a hundredfold return. Father, I thank you for people who have been left. Father, I thank you that they will be restored. Father, I declare over those who have been in physical pain and, and facing physical ailments, Lord, we declare health beyond what they ever thought possible or experienced before. Lord, over those who have been cheated, over those, Lord, who have lost financially. Father, we thank you that you will see to them that they have everything they need and more lord for those who whose children are far from you right now whose husbands or wives are far from you right now father i thank you that they're not just going to be restored they're going to be more on fire for you than they ever have been before lord we speak victory we choose to praise in the midst of not understanding we choose to praise when it makes sense and when it doesn't lord we choose to praise knowing that the battle is yours and victory is coming Victory is coming in every situation. We thank you, God, that you are the great I am. And the enemies right now will walk in confusion, will fight amongst themselves. And all that will be left for us to do is to pick up the plunder, the spiritual plunder, the natural plunder. And Lord, to bask in what you have done, to give you glory for what you have done. And Lord, I thank you that great rest and peace will come upon your people as they stand in the valley of blessing Lord we speak 2022 a year of blessing not just because it's a nice thing to say but because we believe that's what we will see before our eyes a valley of doom and despair will turn into a valley of blessing Lord we speak over our nation, over the world a time of great blessing and abundance in your mighty name we pray come on Let your praise go before you. Give God some praise today. Don't just clap him. Give God some praise today. Put your praise before you because the battle is the Lord's and not yours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, you have a great week and step onto that battlefield knowing that the Lord has won victory on your behalf.